second. Well, hi there. Greetings. Um, I hope uh, this morning has been a great time for you to just uh, spend some time worshipping God. And um, I know that over at Eagle Hawk this morning, it's been a great time of just setting aside to pour, uh, in a way of pouring out our hearts to, to a good good God. And so it's a delight to be here today. Uh, and uh, we continue our series, Like Him. And I, I, when I sat down this week to uh, write uh, today, it, it kind of felt like Groundhog Day in a, in a good kind of way, uh, because this is stuff that we revisit uh, most years around Bendigo Baptist Church, because it's um, a part of our DNA. It's a part of who we are. Uh, and it's good to be reminded. I'm somebody who's a bit of a slow learner, and I like the reminder of uh, what it means to be uh, a follower of Jesus in all spheres of our um, life. And uh, so this morning, I had the privilege of being able to speak to uh, the sphere of the world, the world that we live in, whether it be uh, our work environment, our uh, play environment, the, the socialising that we do in our community. Um, it's, it's a place where we can be uh, like him, uh, followers of Jesus, being uh, and making disciples in those environments. And uh, the series has been great so far. I've really enjoyed if you've got that, uh, that first uh, uh, five-sphere image that goes up on the screen there, that'll be great. Um, Dave started it off with this message around what the importance of abiding, um, uh, the connection that we have with, with God through Christ. Uh, uh, he and us and we and him, that um, he is our God and we are his people. And uh, just a wonderful reminder. And uh, Trina, uh, she spoke to this idea of being a follower of Jesus or like him in the church environment when it comes to us gathering here or whether it's the different um, groups that, are in, that we are in uh, during the course of the week, um, what it means to be like him in those environments. And, of course, last week, Dave, continued the series with this idea of um, what it means to be like him in our family environments, those really close relationships that we have with our loved ones and uh, the, uh, the, the home in which we uh, live. And today... Um, uh, I'm going to be picking up, as I said, on that world environment, um, that opportunity for us to be salt and light um, with the people that we work with and we play with and we socialise with in our community. And uh, I, I, uh, I find uh, this uh, kind of thinking uh, inspirational. I love doing this every year, as I said, and um, it, it helps continue to shape um, who I am. I, I think that this idea of uh, us being in Christ, our identity is found in him, um, is really important for us to, to think about. Uh, I, I, I often uh, look at a coin and, and I see the image of, on, on the coin. You cannot change the image of a coin. If, if I hold up a $1 coin in front of you today, you, unless you've got an angle grinder out, which would be illegal, um, to change the image of a coin. That image does not change. Um, and this morning I want to say to each and every one of us that we um, who have decided to follow Jesus, uh, we are um, not only made in his image, but we are a part of 
his kingdom. We are sons and daughters. We are children of, of, of God. And that is an incredible thing. This whole idea of, um, you know, our identity is not found in what people tell us. It's not found in our qualifications or what we do. It's found in a relationship and our relationship that we have um, with Jesus Christ. I love, um, I had the opportunity this week to be able to share at the World Day of Prayer and um, the passage of scripture that was given to me, I just, I I loved because it's Paul's um, writing to the Ephesians, which is the book that we're in. Um, and it's, it's a prayer. He pray, and he has about three rhythms in this prayer. And one of those things that he says is this, is I pray that your hearts would be flooded, not trickled, flooded with the light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. And this is the phrase that really grabbed my attention. Um, to those he had called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. That's the NTL. I just love that. We are precious to God. We are his precious possession. Um, if, friends, if that doesn't stir you this morning, I don't know what will. We are a part of this kingdom that um, is, is, is just beautiful and unique and we are a part of um, what it means to be like him um, in our community around us. And so um, I'm excited about uh, this series and this morning. Um, but before we have a look at the passage, we're in Ephesians. Um, I want to say a couple of things that set up a bit of a framework, I think, for uh, this particular passage uh, this morning. And the first is this, we, can't, we cannot um, take our eyes off uh, the author of our, our, um, and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ. We cannot take our eyes off him. In Colossians chapter 1, it talks about um, Jesus being supreme. Um, everything was created by him for him. Um, it's up there on the screen, uh, chapter, uh, uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, for in him all, uh, chapter 1, verse 16, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Um, when you think about that, uh, you know, um, everything was created through him. I want you to think about the Garden of Eden here for a moment. Um, Jesus was a part of the created uh, order. He was a part of what happened in creation. Um, and not only that, um, he created uh, us to bring glory to him. That is a profound theological thing that, that I, I want to suggest ponder about this morning. If you had, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the purpose in life, the vision in life and the missions, mission in life written out in some sort of catchy way, the, the purpose for us as a church, the purpose for us as followers of Jesus is to bring glory to God. I think of uh, John... Uh, chapter 17, verse 10, when Jesus prays um, the words that we would bring glory to him so that he can bring glory to his Father. The whole purpose of life, 
everything we do. The rub in, in, in our, our, our employment, whether we're uh, in a, an education institution or whether or not we're just um, in the sporting field, whatever it is, the purpose of us is to bring glory to Jesus, to be like him in those environments so that people would see Jesus. I, I love this. You know, one of, the, one of the main reasons for this series like him is not only because we have this wonderful discipleship culture that we're chasing and we're pursuing with vigour, um, but it helps us recapture this incredible truth that the purpose for creation, us, And all of creation was to bring glory to God. You know, as followers of Jesus, everything about us is meant to reflect the image of who we are in Christ in every sphere of our life. Um, I I, I wish I could just stop there and just pray because I think in that um, is enough for us to take away and and really ponder and, and, and live out in our lives. But I won't. I'll continue. And not only is our, our um, existence um, to bring glory uh, to, to Jesus and to the Father, um, when you look at Jesus, having him front and centre of our lives, you look at his character, and Jesus dem- demonstrated humility. We've covered this before, but the verse is there to remind us. Um, you must have the same attitude that, of Jesus, that Jesus Christ had. Though he was not God, he did not think of equality with God as something to to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on on a cross. When you look at Jesus... And you look at his character, humility um, is just a part of who he was and he is and he will be. You know that word attitude um, that sits there in that that passage um, can be translated like-minded. The mind, I read this during the week, the mind that follows Christ produces a life that obeys Christ. You know, Paul um, talks about in Romans not being conformed by the pattern of this world but being transformed by the renewing of, of, of our minds. We need to, to be thinking about Christ and who he is and let that shape um, our, our mind and our thinking. Um, Jesus was somebody who exemplified humility. That's something that you and I, um, in our daily walk, in the rub of life, we need to also um, show as followers, as people who are, are saying we want to be like him in whatever environment we're in. Thirdly, um, another kind of big thing that sits out there is what Dave raised last week, um, that we are, are all equal, uh, that God looks upon us whether we're male or female, whether we're uh, a worker or you know, an employer, whether or not we're someone with qualifications or not. He looks upon us as, um, as equal. Different roles in society, but, but equal. Um, and I love this verse that, uh, that kind of uh, starts this whole section off that we're going to look at 
um, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know what that says to me? Be others focused. Be others focused. I love the words of Rick Warren where he said um, in his book, The Purpose Driven Life or Church, the very opening words that he says, it's not about you. You know, this, this, this submit to one another out of reverence of Christ is about having in our minds and our hearts um, others that are more important than ourselves. And in these relationships, in these different roles, they look a little bit different, but it's still about being uh, the sort of person who says, you know, if I'm going to be like him, if I'm going to be like Jesus, then I'm going to be somebody who puts others ahead of uh, myself. And so um, this, this passage that we're in today, if, you're, if you've got your um, devices or Bibles there, you might like to look at it. It's on the screen. It's kind of at the tail end of what we know as the, Paul, the Pauline house table. And it's this clump of, of scripture that um, Paul writes to the Christian um, household. And um, you can see that thread right through what he's saying. It's, um, it's like Ephesians has this, uh, the first three chapters of, of Ephesians um, sort of focuses on our position in Christ. The last three chapters on our practice as followers of Jesus. And uh, there's a couple of things that I, before I read this, that I just want to say this morning that um, when, you, when you read this, uh, this particular passage, there's some things, uh, uh, context here that may make us think that this is not relevant for us. The fact that it's a part of the Pauline house table um, and the fact that Paul draws from uh, the created order in there says to me that there's some universal principles that we can apply um, even today um, where we're in in an environment where we don't have slaves um, and masters anymore. And so there's this universal principle that sits there. We, we need to take into consideration that a part of the Roman world, there was a large chunk of the workforce were slaves. Um, scripture doesn't, uh, doesn't affirm that. It just acknowledges that. Okay? And so that's a really important thing for us um, to think about. But it's um, this universal principle that, that I want us to um, to, to think about as we read this passage that will help us uh, in our work environments, I believe, in our world um, space. Um, just one other thing. Um, I want to say this morning, work is a, is a good thing, that God actually created uh, work. If you look at the uh, creation uh, account, uh, work was pretty much a part of what was going on before the fall. We were given the responsibility to be stewards and to care for the land. And so work is not, is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing because it, it means what we can provide for our families. It's a good thing that um, uh, we work so that we can maybe have a little bit left over to help people and to support those in need. Or Our work, is, is given the fact that it's 40 hours a week, is a great place to... Um, to, to, to be like him in that environment, to be uh, somebody who reflects Jesus, to be salt and light um, in that particular space. Some say it's our mission field. And so um, work is a good thing. It can get out of kilter, and I know that, and sometimes maybe this morning that's, uh, that's something that you've got to wrestle with. But um, 
uh, it, it is a, a very good thing. And so I want to read this passage, slaves, uh, uh, sorry, in uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Um, it says this, uh, verse 5, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for men, for people. Sorry. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Masters, here's a bit of a change of gear. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven and he has no favourites. And so here you see this bit of a thread of uh, both the master and the slave um, being somebody who loves the Lord. So this is into a Christian environment. But the principle here of, uh, uh, can I say, an employer and employee is something that we can embrace in our life as we are um, trying to live out our faith, as we try and follow Jesus in our work environments. Um, The very first thing here is that Paul is, is encouraging the church at Ephesus and encouraging us today to um, obey or to submit um, to our earthly uh, masters or employers. Now, um, this is a big one. This is, this is hard for us to, to do, and I acknowledge that. Um, I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. When I first arrived here 11 years ago, um, the first year in Bendigo, I um, worked as a filler in a local supermarket. So um, it wasn't night fill, it was morning fill. So I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning and go to work and start at five. And we would fill shell, I would fill shelves um, until about two o'clock in the afternoon with a few breaks in there. And uh, on one particular morning, uh, I, I got up at uh, the normal time, I went off to work, started, I was on the floor at five o'clock at about 5.30. Our supervisor came around and stripped threads off us said that we were going too slow, that we were this, that we were that, and, and just yelled at us. And this is 5.30 in the morning, okay, and I'm human. So I put down my, uh, my, my knife and I walked out. I walked out. And I got in the car and I went home, and this is in the days, believe it or not, before mobile phones. I didn't have a mobile phone, phone 10 years ago. Um, the, the manager was, uh, rang me. And uh, he asked what, you know, what happened. And so I explained what happened. And he said, look, we value you. Take a couple of weeks off um, so that you can uh, just gather your thoughts and then, then we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time as if two weeks was going to somehow excite me to go back to filling shelves at 5 o'clock in the morning, you know. Um, in the course of that two weeks, I, I made a decision to let it go, to move on. And uh, I made an appointment with the, the manager and, uh, and I went in and I spoke to him. I said, it, 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 what happened that morning was not acceptable. Uh, the way that you treat your employers, uh, employees sorry, um, is, is terrible. It's not acceptable. And I think you need to look for better ways. I was wise. I was giving all this instruction about better ways of um, running uh, their store. And uh, he, he, uh, he accepted that. We had a bit of a conversation. I said, I, I just cannot continue uh, to work here. Now, I've reflected on that over the years. 
uh, and, uh, and wondered whether or not I had done the right thing. And we know that in Scripture there's, there's a couple of reasons why uh, we would disobey. I mean, you think of Daniel or you think of um, Peter and John uh, in Acts where they were asked not to preach the gospel. I think there's, there's times when, when we're asked to go completely against what God is asking us to do, which is to be and make disciples, that we do, we do say something and we do stand up. But, but what Paul is saying here is, is that as followers of him, if, if we're going to be like him in our work environments, then it's important for us as workers, as employees, to submit um, to our employer and, and do what they ask. Not only that, but work as unto the Lord for his glory. Um, work as if no one is watching, you know, work as if, if, if um, uh, the eyes of people uh, are not on you, that you would still do that same kind of enthusiasm that he is saying here, work with enthusiasm. And that, that twist at the end of the, uh, the, the passage here where he speaks to masters or employees and he says, look, You've got to treat your work as well. If you're somebody here this morning who owns a business or you're someone watching online that, that uh, has a group of employees under you, then it's the right thing as a follower of Jesus, as someone who wants to be like him, to treat your work as well. It's a high calling. It's a challenging thing. Um, but it's what Paul is wanting the church in Ephesus um, to particularly think about and, and it's what God is wanting us to do as we humble ourselves, as we, um, as we express our, uh, the character of Jesus in us, in our work environments. Living Christ-centered lives in our work environments brings glory to God. Amen. Um, but it also does something in us and it transforms the world around us as well. You know, when we're in that environment, we're learning what it means to be humble, um, what it means to, to come under authority, something's shifting in us. We're, we're displaying what Christ did before he went to the cross. Not my will, but yours be done. Um, you know, when pride gets in the way, we, we, all sorts of crazy things can happen. It becomes... Uh, me focused rather than others focused. Another area that uh, we, we live in and play in is, is um, in our sport and recreation. You know, Aussies like their sport um, and their recreation. And um, I, I've seen some, some terrible things on sporting sidelines. I sat for many years watching my kids play sport and... Um, uh, and I think even reflecting back, I had my own moments where I was going, oh, you know, um, like uh, uh, that movie at the moment, um, is it Mr. Otto? You know, you get right through the movie, he says, he just grunts because he's, he's frustrated with the world around him. And, um, but there's, there's been some terrible things that I've witnessed in that space. Um, and not all from unbelievers. Shame, shamefully this morning I say from, from people who say that they love the Lord and the, the way their conduct and the way that they spoke to coaches and um, the way that we, we, we treat those who, who are trying their best um, to organise and run things has been 
shameful and disgraceful. And, and, it's, and, and Paul, I think, is saying once again in this universal principle, in those environments as followers of, of Jesus, as people who want to be like him, we need to display this humility for his glory. Um, I, I think living Christ-centered lives in our recreation and sport environments brings glory to God, transforming us and the world around us. You know, there's times when, when we don't, yeah? But unless, unless in those environments um, people are asking you not to be and make disciples, asking you not to share your faith, then maybe it's, it's okay um, in those environments to stand up and do what Christ has asked you to do. But the principle here is, is that in our, in our recreation, in our sport, in our um, social environment, it's important, it's important for us to reflect that humility um, in a way of saying we're, we're, we're followers of Jesus. We live differently. We, we display things differently in what we do. And the last area um, of, of the world sphere that uh, I just want to mention this morning is, is our role as a, as a citizen. Um, you know, the, I think it's not on the screen there, but the, the verse that is just so clear from Romans 13, when uh, Paul says, everyone must submit to the governing authorities for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. This is a really tough one. And it's, a, it's one that you, you wrestle with as a, as a follower of Jesus. Um, but you know what? It's an opportunity for us to once again display what it means to be like him in those environments around our community, um, the local governing authorities, um, to, obey, to obey rules and regulations. You know, um, one, one uh, moment in, in my life, and, and I'm quite happy to share this with you, I parked in a, in a, in a loading zone. Um, and um, this, I, I thought I was doing a fairly legitimate thing. I was wanting to load my car with something that I had bought and, and the loading zone was there. And I thought, great, I'll, I'll go there. Um, I came out of the shop and I had a little ticket on my windscreen. And it was a fine for $130. And I saw the, um, like a good, humble Christian, I saw the, uh, the parking inspector down the street, so I chased them down the street. <laughs> you know, a six-foot-two bloke with no hair chasing you down the street's not a great sight, is it? And anyway, um, I said, I, I, I was just, I bought something from the shop and I wanted to load it. Um, and, and the loading zone was free, and I thought, that's work of it. And they just looked at me and said, you should know better than that. There's a sign there. And I, I hung my head down and wandered off and, and thought, well, um, I don't know how I'm going to explain that to my wife. But anyway, um, you know, there's those moments where we just think, ah, oh, you know, I just want to, I just, I could get away with this. You know, those moments where you're running late and you drive into a car park and you see, um, the disabled parking there, you think, oh, um, maybe I could just park there and get away. You know, I'm, I'm late. Um, you know, the authorities and the rules and the regulations that are there are meant to be there for, for, to bring us order. And they're there, um, as Paul says, um, placed there by God. Um, you know, um, uh, 
I, I think there's, there's moments um, where, where we do um, stand up and speak. We live in a country where there's freedom of speech and so there's times when the authorities, um, if they're going to push down that road of saying you cannot talk about Jesus, I think that's the time. Um, the only time when we can push back and say, hey, no, this is what God has asked us to do. This is what Jesus wants us to do, to be and make disciples in that, in that moment. And, you know, I think of, um, I think of Stephen. You know, when, when, he, um, when he stood up against what was going on in, in his moment of time, um, against the authorities, he was martyred. And you know what happened? The church scattered for the first time. Um, in history, uh, the church went beyond Jerusalem. And I, and I think, you know, um, in those moments where we've got to stand up and whatever the cost uh, that comes our way, um, I can't help but think God being glorified even in that moment as the word continues to go out. And so living Christ-centered lives as citizens brings glory to God, transforming us but also transforming the world around us. Pride will always get in the way. It'll say, I, uh, you know, I, I, I know better. Um, I know better than this. So I can do whatever I want. And so uh, as a way of conclusion this morning, I just want to ask um, a, a couple of things and say a few, few things. Um, and the first, first thing is this, is um, if you're an employer here this morning, and you're an employee that works in the same organisation, are you glad to see each other this morning? Um, you know, we chuckle at that, but the reality is, is it, it's, it's not always good in those spaces, is it? And maybe this morning is a time for us to, 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 to say those words that we, we find so difficult at times to say, which is, I'm sorry, I apologise. Maybe this morning you're sitting here and, and, and your work environment isn't good. It's really hard. And so maybe this week um, it's an opportunity for you to speak with your boss or, or your colleagues about that to, to, to break new ground, to start a new chapter, whatever that looks like. We would love to pray for you this morning if there's people down the front this morning. You come and, and, and they would love to just go on that journey uh, with you. Maybe there's things as, as a citizen that, um, that you, you, you're not proud of and, and that you need to apologise for. Uh, maybe there's, there's some stuff there that sits... Um, in, in the midst of, of your world at the moment. Maybe even there's stuff that's still hanging around after the pandemic that's really grieved you, the way things were handled. You know, people would love to pray for you this morning is what I'm saying. Um, maybe uh, it's, it's your social environment. There's things that have happened, whether it be play, whether it be recreation, whether it be just socialising, whatever that is. Um, Maybe this morning is a good opportunity or this week is a good opportunity to set things right, to, to say sorry, to move on, to begin a new chapter. As followers of Jesus, are we willing to do whatever it takes, to do whatever it takes to be like him 
in every sphere of our world. Um, you know, when I think about my own journey, um, I've been around church for 55 years. Um, I can remember sit, sitting under and going to sleep under the pew of my mother and father's church that they were attending at the time. I've always been involved with church. I love church. I've been a pastor for 20 years. Um, and it, if there's anything now that excites, there's nothing that excites me more now than knowing that what, what we know about our relationship with Jesus flows beyond our heart and into, into our actions. You see, we could sit here today and we can say, we can critique, you can critique what I'm saying. If you're online and watching, you could do the same and, and critique it. And leave this, this building, get up and make lunch, do whatever it is that you're doing and do nothing about it. You could do that. You, you, could, you could today walk out of this place and say, yep, great, great sermon, great time. Yep, that's, that's all okay, but life then just goes on. Or you could leave this place today, you could get up out of your couch at home and you could make a difference in the spheres that you are in and you're working closely with people with and your families to be like him, to do whatever it takes to show Jesus and his love and his grace and his mercy and his humility to bring glory to him, to bring glory to the Father. I can't think of anything else that excites me more than that. This whole head, heart, hands thing that we talk about here, we have to go there. Sure, pack your minds with the, the transformation that Paul is talking about around your understanding of God. But friends, please, 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 as you leave this place, let it flow into action. You know that I love to cook. That's a bit weird, isn't it? A bloke that likes to cook. But the thing that I've learned is, and I've always said to my kids, if you can read, you can cook. Right? Um, it's 90% true, by the way. Um, what I've learned over time is that the more I do it, the more I see the little nuances, the little things that I need to change and shift and maybe a little bit more of this and a little bit more of that to get the flavour I want. The curry that I cooked 10 years or 15 years ago is not the curry that I cook today. Why? Because over many, many times I have put into practice what I know and what I've learned and what I've read and what I've been taught by others to produce something that's far greater. And it's no different. It's no different for us who are declaring today that Jesus is Lord, that we go from this place and we put into action these things that we've been talking about over the last month. This morning, will you pray with me? Lord, the, today we, we declare that we want to do whatever it takes to be like you, Lord Jesus. In our families, in our work environments, in our social environments, in our play environments, in our church environment. Lord, whatever relationship that we sit in, we desperately today declare 
before you that we are, as your people, going to do whatever it takes to follow you, to display your goodness, to be salt and light into those relationships that people would see you and your name and who you are and who your character is would be glorified. Would someone say amen? That as we go from this place today, that we wouldn't just let this, um, this series like him just be another moment of, of learning and education, that it would flow into every crevice of our life. Because we know, Lord Jesus, that, that when we do that, we are transformed. The world around us is transformed for your glory. We ask for your help. Lord, do something new and fresh in us today, we pray in your precious name. Amen.